Welcome to the Dining for One Health and Wellness Show, where we inspire and encourage you to embrace a life of health and wellness and to learn how to exploit the benefits of living a healthy lifestyle. Our guest is a wife, mother of three, freelance writer, and also found time to write her book, Happy Healthy Gut, The Natural Diet Solution to Curing IBS and Other Chronic Digestive Disorders. Being a former digestive disorder sufferer, she ended up writing something which was very close to home. She spent her entire 20s trying to eradicate her painful symptoms in every way she could. And thanks to her determination, she was successful in finding a remedy for her ailments. Our guest, Jennifer Brown, has been completely pain-free after adopting a whole food, plant-based diet since 2010. Jennifer outlines most of her experiences and adventures on the blog, Happy Healthy Life. Follow along as she documented her trials and tribulations with navigating our food system and separating fact from fiction when it comes to nutrition education. Welcome to the Joe Jennifer. We are happy to have you on. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So what's been going on lately? Have you been up to anything new? I understand you have a new cooking book coming out. Yeah, I do. Yes. Um, Things have been going very well. My life is always crazy, but I like it like that. Uh, The new book is called Vegetarian Comfort Foods, and it'll be released next August, so I'm definitely super excited about that. Um, You know, I've never collaborated with a photographer before on a project, so this was a huge learning curve for sure, but she was lovely, and it was a lot of work, but I'm one of those silly people who like to take pictures of their lunch when I think it looks pretty, so I was in my element. (laughs) (laughs) So did it take a lot longer to write this book because you had to prepare all the foods? Uh, actually, you know, I, I've been keeping a collection for a really long time, so I already kind of had that down. So I felt like I was cheating in that sense uh, a little bit. But it definitely was different than um, than the previous book, than Happy Healthy Gut, for sure. So it, would you say it's more difficult to write a, a recipe book vice doing a, a regular nonfiction-style book? Uh, it was just different. I mean, the recipe book, there's a lot of formatting and way, way more formatting. That was, a, that was a learning curve in itself is just learning how to format uh, recipes and that kind of thing. And, you know, when you write things like that down, um, you don't think about how people will read them because you're usually the only one who's looking at them, right? So it's, exactly. uh, yeah, so it's a lot of editing and that kind of thing. Mostly editing, that was, that was what was so different about the two probably. So we'll talk about a little bit more of your book later on in the show. But as I shared with our listeners, you suffer from IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome, and it doesn't sound like anything to be happy about, let alone living a normal lifestyle. Unlike others who suffered from IBS, you found a way to remedy your ailments without suffering uh, due to the use of medication. What changed your outlook on food and nutrition? Who was the Jen Brown all those years ago, and who is the Jen Brown we are speaking with today? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think I've always been relatively healthy or thought I was anyway um, in that I've always been, you know, naturally attracted to fruits and veggies and grainy breads and stuff like that. I was vegetarian on and off throughout my teenage years, and I never drank soda or ate potato chips or anything. So I thought I was being really good, but there's just so much that we don't know about our current food system. And, um, you know, I think the difference then compared to now is that now I think of food is something that creates who I am and that can, you know, cure ailments and as medicine and fuel instead of just something to make my stomach feel full, which I think is the reason a lot of us um, choose the food to eat that we that we do. You know, we, we 
look and it looks good and we think we're starving we're going to eat that but we don't really think about the end result and how that will make us grow and and repair ourselves and things like that so that shift in perspective is definitely an important one and it's very enlightening or it was for me anyway so are you saying that one of the reasons why we eat is because it's the cravings and not necessarily because we're hungry Absolutely, and I think a lot of that is probably um, due to the busy lifestyles that, you know, we lead right now. Uh, we, I think, allow ourselves to get really, really hungry and don't really do anything about it. We suppress those urges that we have to eat when we when we are hungry, and then by the time we're, you know, our stomachs are growling and, and we're really, really hungry, then we just kind of go for whatever's in front of us or usually whatever has the most fat or sugar, you know, content because that's what our brain wants at that point. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, don't I know that? Every time I bring it aboard, <laughs> I want uh, something sugary, heavy sugar or heavy chocolate, one of the two. Okay. And it usually wins out, so. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm paying for that now, so i got to work on that. But, Jennifer, <laughs> you know, we, we all know words have meaning, and phrases have an added dimension to their meaning. So what is the happy, healthy life you created? Uh, well, I think, you know, the term... Or the phrase, I guess, happy, healthy life just refers to my desire to live simply and with a lot of common sense and reasoning when it comes to the choices that I make on a daily basis um, and especially, you know, food choices that, that goes in my body and on my body. And uh, I think the words happy and healthy are usually synonymous with one another, meaning that you can't really be one without the other. You know, it's a goal that I aspire to and I love to help other people, um, you know, reach reach that goal too so i think happy healthy life is just kind of something that you uh can keep striving towards and and i do it uh you know through food a lot so when did you have this epiphany of the happy healthy life um well i think you know about four and a half well almost five years ago now uh when when i did realize that food played such a huge part in not only the way we looked but the way we felt like mentally you know it can it can it plays a part in everything um i think that once that was made very very clear to me i just became really aware of of the fact that like i said how being healthy and being happy really do go hand in hand and you can't be one without the other and so i wanted to be as healthy as possible so that you know mentally i felt really good too and and it really does work like that I do agree with you on that. Food does have a big play on our uh, mental outlook on things. And mm-hmm. What are some of the other methods you use in helping others get their health on track? Well, I think that sharing experiences and knowledge is really important. I'm a huge believer in, you know, the sharing of information. So that's really what my blog and Facebook page have been about, is sharing and welcoming feedback about health topics in particular. Um I personally find that shared information is invaluable, and it's such a relief to read about how others have handled similar situations, uh, you know, when it comes to their health. So for the most part, it's facilitating conversations that pertain to health topics and trying to make others aware of how important it is to think critically when it comes to health claims. And especially now, I mean, we could be told tomorrow that canola oil, you know, a tablespoon a day will your breast cancer and you know all the canola oil will go flying off the shelves, right? Like we're just marketed to in such a way that um, I think we're just desperate to feel good and we're desperate to to have more nutrition knowledge. And so we kind of just take whatever's out there and, and um, it's hard to learn how to think critically about a lot of those health claims. Yeah, I believe a lot of people's minds have become lazy, mind included as well, when it comes to a lot of the foods. So it's 
we're all guilty. <laughs> yeah, we're all guilty one way or another to one degree or another. And then you have all of these studies that come out that are biased in one way or another. And if you don't look as to where the source of, of it is going to come from one of the big industries. So then again, how how healthy or how correct is that study itself? They might exactly. take a small little smidget of information and then just pile it around with sugar and make it look nice for everybody. Totally. Uh, what was it? I think in the 80s they said that eggs were bad for you and caffeine were bad for you. Now they're saying eggs and caffeine is good for you now. So oh, I know. It's, they, it constantly yeah. changes back and forth. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And you, you're also a big advocate for specifically a, a whole food, plant-based diet. And when I say whole food, I mean food itself, not the chain store. Uh, yeah. Can you explain what this is? Uh, are you talking about what has been branded as conventional and organic foods, or is it any plant-based food you can find in any supermarket? Uh, well, when I talk about whole food, plant-based, I'm referring to foods that are, you know, 95% comprised of plant sources and that are created using whole ingredients, meaning uh, things that haven't been altered. So, like, you know, like a uh, any things that haven't been frozen or added to or taken away from or or anything like that. So, I love using the term whole food, plant-based, as opposed to vegan or vegetarian because it's not as cut and dry and I find it doesn't scare people away as easily. Um, the term whole food, just to get back to that, really just means that it hasn't been manipulated and so the food is pretty much kept in its original form. So um, I guess a good example would be like an apple. An apple would be whole while apple juice would not be because it's been processed and had sugar and other things added to it which takes away from its original nutritional value. So simple, fresh, local, organic, plant-based food, that's what I'm all about, and that's what I like to advocate for, and, you know, supporting local good quality products, because there's definitely a lot of products out there that are not good for you, and and uh, when somebody goes out on a limb and, you know, pays a lot of money to become uh, certified organic and puts the time and effort into packaging their products into um uh, you know, like recyclable containers and things like that and, and makes them as whole as possible and, you know, doesn't add a lot of stuff to it. I mean, those are the kind of companies that I want to support. So I definitely do um, advocate for that kind of eating. So talking about support, let's go back to your book again since you're going to have tons of ingredients of whole foods there. Uh, mm-hmm. Your book, Happy Healthy Gut, how did this book tie in or how does this book tie into everything you do? What was the main inspiration for you to write this book? Uh, well, um, like you said in the intro, I was I was um, sick for almost a decade with IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome. I was diagnosed when I was about 20, and uh, uh, between 20 and 29, I had three kids, and I was tired. And I guess you know when you have kids, you kind of just you, you're very concerned about them, especially when they're babies and things, and you don't really you forget about yourself. You know, you forget to eat, you forget to eat right foods, like good foods and things like that, and I just got to a point um, where I was in pain daily, and I just was mad about it, and it forced me to change my life, because I just kind of, it's like when people say they woke up, or, you know, yeah, they woke up one day and and thought, you know, I can't do this anymore, that was exactly the way it was, so um, I started looking to food when nothing else was helping, and uh, lo and behold, it worked, and and specifically doing the whole food plant-based, and I actually cut out gluten as well while I was doing this, but it only took six days for um, all of my pain to go away. And I had been in pain for nine years, so that was a huge eye-opener and really amazing, and it just kind of got me on this um, path to learning about 
food in our food systems and why we're not more educated about it. And uh, I decided I wanted to write something easy and fun and very informative for people who are going through chronic health issues like I had been. So let's take a step back and talk a little bit about the psychology on this. How, how did you survive nine years mentally going through pain constantly, knowing that you're eating food that is going to cost, cost you more pain and that you may go through your whole life not finding a cure for this? What is running through your mind? What, what kept you going? Uh, well, I think just because I had, you know, you have, you have to keep going. You, you just, there's not really, well, for me, like, there's no other choice, obviously. But, like, um, I think I, again, like, I was just so tired. I wasn't thinking straight. And I was in, uh, university. I, I, um, graduated my degree when I was 23, I think. So, I mean, I was in school full time. And then I also had little kids. And I was working. And I just wasn't thinking, you know. And I wasn't sleeping and <laughs> you just I, I just didn't have um, any clarity on anything I was just busy like we had talked about before you know you're, you get caught up in a busy life and you don't really um, think about how you take care of yourself and for me I think the good days the days that I was in last pain just made me feel good about it like something was going to turn and then the days that I was in a lot of pain just really sucked and it just like I said got to the point where I just couldn't do that whole thing anymore and you know and now I wasn't just tired from not sleeping with little kids I was tired because I was getting no no nutrition you know and my body wasn't absorbing anything and like my my brain was tired so um it was hard for sure so let's shift the psychology a little bit from from yourself and let's move it on a broader scale let's look at the United States as a whole what is your outlook on the current health situation in the United States in your opinion uh, well, I live in Canada, but I'm an American citizen also, and I have family in the States, and I think our countries are very much intertwined when it comes to our food systems. Um, and I and I do think that both countries are experiencing a complete and total health crisis, uh, an epidemic, really, and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of people out there who agree with me, I know. Um, there isn't enough nutrition education given to doctors, let alone the general public, so we're in this weird state of take a pill instead of, well, what are you eating? Um, and it's literally killing us. Uh, I understand that money and wealth is a giant motivator for many individuals as well as, you know, corporations and even governments to keep pushing that Band-Aid, the problem kind of solution. Um, but you can't, you know, spend your money once you died from a heart attack in your 40s that could have been prevented by adjusting your values and priorities. So I feel like our current health situation is frustrating and it doesn't make sense. And I really hope that we're able to better educate ourselves on the importance of good quality food sooner than later, for sure. So is this why you believe it's imperative for people to begin placing more emphasis than ever before on their health? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, nobody's teaching you to get to the root of your health problem, you know. Like if something's happening, we're just we're so um, used to be being told to, you know, take a pill or to um, – I don't know, do something that will, will cover it up, make the symptoms better. We treat the symptoms and not the, the disease, right? So um, as science gets closer to creating, like, the perfect food, we're forgetting that that perfect food is devoid of anything living. You know, that piece of fruit may last two months or not get brown when you cut it open, but it's not refueling your body with the nutrients it needs because those nutrients have been replaced with high fructose corn syrup and red dye 40, so if your health becomes poor, we're, we're obviously, we're all desperate, you know, to feel better right away. 
but why wait? You know, I just feel like why not take preventative measures and just eat real food and drink real water now? If somebody had told me when I was 20, you know, you could just um, eat these foods and not those ones and this could all go away, I mean, I would have done that in a heartbeat. But I saw multiple doctors and physicians and, and um, you know, specialists and surgeons even who, like, none of them ever said anything about nutrition. Um so anyway, I just think that good food is the kind of fuel that your body thrives on and that it should be the only prescription necessary for a ton of different chronic illnesses. And I'm not saying for everything, um, but definitely, you know, things like obesity and type 2 diabetes and digestive issues and certain cancers even and heart disease and things like that, they they can all be reversed and definitely prevented by consuming a whole food plant-based diet by keeping it simple and just tweaking you know, your perception of food and what food it's really about. Right, I do agree that uh, it's going to be a little bit different for everybody because we're all different bodies and we're doing different things, different hazard environments that we live in and type of foods that we're eating. So something like this, I believe, may not work for a very small percentage, but for overall, generally speaking, I believe that what you're talking about will work for a majority of the people out there, uh, providing that they stick to it. If this is something that they do, if you eat... The whole foods that you are recommending, and then you go out and you have a a massive, massive big juicy steak followed with toppings and whipped cream on your dessert and everything else. That's not going to help anybody, and that's I think that's where a lot of people are are missing the point. There, that you have to really change your diet completely. It's a whole lifestyle that you have to change, and that's what you're you're trying to get for people too. Absolutely. I totally agree. I can't even, I I have to tell you, that is like my nightmare scenario, like going out and eating like a steak and and something with whipped cream and whatever. Like I think my body would completely, completely shut down at this point. It's been so long since I've had something like that. I think it would just throw me in such a bad place. You know, like that's scary to me even to think about that. So I I agree. It, It needs to be a lifestyle you know, choice and decision and something you have to stick with. But, I mean, it's got so many rewards and it sounds hard, but it's not because you just feel so good that you don't care that it's more restrictive. (laughs) And it doesn't really feel restrictive either. I think people just like to follow the path of least resistance. It's easier for them to pick up a bag of chips than it is for them to go out there and prepare. If you go to the produce section of a store, you have to look at the produce. You may not know exactly what it is that you're looking for, if it's too ripe or too soft or not ripe enough. No, but these these are learned behaviors. After a while, you can go into the produce section, and from half across the aisle, you'll be able to tell which one you're going to pick up before, and you'll chase that one before somebody else picks it up because you know that is that is the ripest fruit that you can get or the ripest vegetable that you can get at the time. Totally. No, so, I totally agree. So how do you think the way we perceive food has changed from a source of nutrition, as you're describing, to a luxury item which is not taken seriously anymore? Uh, well, I mean, I think for the past, you know, um, I mean, at least 60 years or so, we've just progressively been introduced to so many bigger, better, fancier replacements for things that we're just, we've forgotten the actual purpose of food. Um, you know, and the food industry has changed so much, too. I mean, if you look back, I mean, I'm I'm 33, so I can't say I remember the 50s, but I know it was 60 years ago. It was, it was really really different, and everybody is very obsessed with, you know, getting everything as cheaply as possible today. And you know, but what the saying goes, you know, well, you get what you pay for when it comes to sustenance for sure. And I really do think that we are what we eat. So I think we've just um, we've forgotten 
that there is an end result that we're looking for, and we're just kind of obsessed with this immediate caloric gratification. Well, I agree. Let's take let's take a look at two things in the past that we both remember uh, growing up. The first thing was TV dinners. They became very popular, especially when that was during a time when both parents started to work, and you threw that in the oven. And then after that, microwaves really became affordable. And then that changed with the TV dinners because now you started to find a lot of other things that were microwavable, and that's even faster. So you have more frozen products, which means a lot more things were being uh, used that had less nutrition on it. So I think right there, the end of the 70s, the middle, the beginning of the middle of the 80s, that's when we can really pinpoint for a lot of working families when the, the food diet started to change. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah, I totally, totally agree. Absolutely, you can buy. And I mean, you can you can purchase a microwave for twenty five dollars in the last few like twenty years too. So it sounds like a good deal, I think, to exactly. a lot of people. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of home, a lot of apartments that are being rented, a lot of homes that are being built, they automatically come with a microwave. You can't buy one without getting a microwave. Right. So it's own. And I know when I was growing up, my mother always cooked, so we always had growing up a meal, a, a full fledged meal. And then as I got older. I moved away from the meal, the cooked meal, and started going into, you know, the fast foods and stuff like that. And then I joined the military, and that really all went out the window with, when it comes down to nutrition. So after yeah. leaving there, that was a whole redesign of my thought process on what really uh, food was. Yeah, that's interesting, too. That's a, that's a good point that, like, as your life changes, your, your experiences change when it comes to food, too, for sure. So what do you think we've lost in terms of the way when we tend to think about food? Uh, where did we fall off the cliff? Uh, well, in general, I think people used to be more connected to their food. You know, generations ago, we raised our own livestock and grew our own vegetables, and everybody in the family was responsible for taking care of, you know, uh, that part of the land that this happened on, and, and and people took pride in their accomplishments and literally enjoyed the fruits of their labor. And Nowadays, if you want to eat, you simply have to drive to McDonald's or order a pizza or open a box of crackers. You know, there's no there's no um, feeling of accomplishment or no pride in that. So I think we've become disconnected with our food sources and therefore our food, and that makes a big difference. You know, if you if you know where your food is coming from, I mean, if you – I was really, really excited actually a couple of years ago to find out that my very favorite bread – uh, was produced in the same city that I live. I had no idea. It's like 20 minutes away from my house, and I can actually drive to, uh, like, the bakery and buy it straight from there, and I was so happy about that. <laughs> but um, but I think that, you know, if you don't know where your food is coming from, that it, that it definitely causes a big disconnect. And I also think, I, like, I know I've said this a couple of times now, but I also think people just live much busier lives nowadays than we did 60 years ago, and we allow ourselves to become, you know, sleep deprived and stressed out and all that extra cortisol floating around equals cravings and bad food choices and you know we just all need to take a few deep breaths and go have a glass of water (laughs) yeah and one thing i like to point out is the big smile you had on your face or when you talked about fresh baked bread because there's something about bread and especially (laughs) warm bread that just overtakes a lot of people i know it takes me so i'm speaking for myself when it comes yeah, down to no, warm every- bread, I am there. You put in some olive oil, maybe a little <laughs> bit of uh, butter at times, but for mostly olive oil is just good enough. And, wow, you have a meal right there. I know at times 
it may not be good for you, especially the amount of bread I might eat at that time, but still. Oh, if people say they don't enjoy that, they're lying. Yes, they, they are <laughs> Everybody, lying. Everybody loves fresh bread. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you're getting it from the bakery right there and you know that it's just hours old. No, I was so excited. But the, the the point is, is the smile that you had on your face is and it's the same thing when you know that when the food that you're eating is good for you and you enjoy it, you have that same smile. People have the smile when they when they eat sugar, but then right after that, shortly, it uh, they start feeling a little bit odd. But yeah. having having a whole a whole food style uh, dinner or I can't think of the word right now. Just escape me. But having the type of food will keep that smile on your face because I know this happened to me as well. Don't get me wrong. I fell off the wagon several times and I keep on getting back on. But when I do get back on, I'm more energetic and I'm basically a little bit happier with life the way it is with the, with the food that I'm eating because I'm not so at times lethargic or getting more lazy. You know how it is. But I do enjoy eating good food and by having this whole food style dinner or whatever you eat it it's it's really good for you and i enjoy it yeah definitely and like you just said too the lethargic comment that you just made i mean um that's something that i think when you've been off the wagon for a long time that you forget about and then when you when you get back on your it surprises you is like when you're eating food that you know well i call it dead food so it's food that has no nutritional value really because i mean even if it was um, you know, good for you at one time, all those live enzymes are gone, there's nothing left, right? So when you get used to eating all that kind of food, um, and you do, you get tired, you feel tired and sluggish all the time. After lunch, you know, that 3 p.m. slump, you know, that doesn't, mm-hmm. need to, that doesn't need to happen if you're eating really good, fresh, living food because it'll make you feel good. You don't get that tired feeling. So that's something that I think um, people just think is normal. And then they switch their diet up and they're like, oh, my gosh, I have so much energy. This is so great. I believe that it's the equivalent of people just eating candy all day long. It's basically like candy food, no nutrition whatsoever in it. Yeah. So what do you think, what changes need to be implemented in order for the majority of us to get back on a, get back to be healthy again, just generally speaking? Uh, well, marketing is definitely not on our side. I think sometimes it's easy to get caught up in the novelty or even just day-to-day family life and and we don't even notice that we're just out of routine, you know, and we've succumbed to these busy lives and we've forgotten why we're living in the first place and that life is a gift. And, I mean, I still forget this, too. I need to remind myself all the time. But I think, um, you know, when you're trying to get your health back, you just to slow down, you know, and, it, and it's easier said than done, but trying to remember what's important and think simply about things. But um, making your own food, this is a huge thing. You know, most people... Um, you know, I shouldn't say most people, a lot of people in both Canada and the U.S. Um, only make a little bit of food, and they're not teaching, you know, their kids to cook. And so we're raising this generation of uh, kids who don't know how to cook, and they're going to become adults and think it's totally normal to, you know, uh, eat those TV dinners you were just talking about. Um, so, I mean, buying ingredients so that you can make dinner and not those ready-made microwavable meals, that's a huge deal. And you know, eating meals with family and other people, you can sit down and, and talk. It's, it slows you down to eat with other people, and you can talk about the food and have conversations about it. And um, and to think, too, in a preventative sense, or a sense, sorry, um, you know, instead of allowing yourself to become unhealthy and then trying to get, you know, scramble back kind of thing, but 
to think about um, your health as like an ongoing thing and, and that starting now will be so beneficial to trying to just, you know, scramble up that ladder later. I think that's that's a big thing. And I mean, exercise and eat well to live longer, not because not because you're already feeling bad. So, and I mean, cutting out things like like dairy and and red meat and you know, uh, added sugar and thing. I mean, that's all really awesome, obviously. So if you if you want to feel good like tomorrow, then tomorrow wake up and don't eat any dairy or red meat or, um, and I say red meat because it's really heavy and it's it's got more saturated fat. Um, but uh, you know, try cutting out those packaged foods if you can make a breakfast, have oatmeal for breakfast, and then have you know, a salad and some fish or something lean for lunch and then, you know, have steamed veggies for dinner and, and something else like that. I mean, you're going to feel really good, and that's in one day. So imagine what would happen if you do this for a whole week, you know? <laughs> I, I agree with you. When I when I went from conventional foods to uh, more organic-style foods, I went cold turkey. I just threw everything out of my cupboards and my refrigerator away and then shot over to the nearest uh, organic food store and just restocked on everything. And that began my path to a, a healthier living. Like I said before, I've fallen off uh, the wagon yeah. for one reason or another, but I've always gone back on. And I know, yeah. I know what it will do to you. If there's just so many changes that your body will go through. Uh, it's almost unbelievable, especially the weight loss. You won't have to diet. Excuse me. You won't have to exercise if you go through the, the type of dieting that you're recommending. And I, I'm also. I also wish to congratulate you and thank you very much for coming out with this cookbook because now you've given people a reason to start cooking healthy and giving them ideas of what to do, where to start with. They don't really have to give up anything. They can find something that has the basis of what they like, and then if they want to season it up, they can go ahead and put herbs and seasonings in there. That's just as healthy as well. And some seasonings, like turmeric, you have cinnamon and stuff like that, that actually work to keep the body healthy as well. Totally. Totally. Yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be really fun. Like, I think it's going to be great. Like, it's a, definitely a supplement to to the first book because the first book is a whole other ball game, And then this is kind of recipes to, you know, after I've convinced you, <laughs> try this kind of thing. But, yeah. Yeah. So other than buying your book, which I recommend everyone should, what do you believe the current generation would have to make to ensure the health of the next generation, and what do you think some of the fallout will be if we continue to treat food as a luxury item? Oh, I think that is, like, the most important question, totally. Um, I think we're on the right track, slowly but surely, uh, but we need to teach our kids, like, today that food is for nourishment and the quality of the food will be reflected in their long-term health and short-term health, too. Um, and I think if we continue along the path that we have been for much longer, that there will be a very small percentage of the population who manages to escape illness and disease. And I mean, that's scary to me. Um, I mean, I know I, I feel like I know so many people with cancer right now. Like it's it's I I don't know if it's because I'm older and I'm paying more attention to people around me and them, you know, being more sick. And I just wasn't paying attention when I was a teenager or whatever. But I I just feel like there's just so many people I know that have cancer right now, it's terrifying. And I'm and I and I'm terrified of my kids getting sick too, yet you know, chances are I have three of them, at least one will if we keep doing it like this, if we if if we keep living the way we do and they keep seeing advertisements and marketing on T V about, you know, fruit loops and we keep pushing this on our kids or whatever, we're just making them sick and 
I just feel like I'm so willing to do anything in my power to lessen the chances of that. And, you know, you can bet my kids are being talked to and educated about food choices on a daily basis because they are. You know, I want them to have the tools to stay healthy, and and, uh, that means better nutrition education and implementation for sure. And and it's sad because I think every child should be privy to that kind of information. I actually strongly believe that basic education or nutrition should be a mandatory course in um, high school or something. Like, we need to be able to teach this to our kids on a level that we weren't taught. I don't see why not. They're basically teaching everything else that parents right? don't want taught in yeah. schools. <laughs> so, you know, why yeah. would they want this or not want this on there? No, I don't know. I don't know. It should be a priority for sure. And, I mean, even things like, um, I mean, have you, ch- have, I mean, hopefully you haven't been in the hospital lately, but, I mean, have you checked out hospital food lately? Like, it's awful. Like, the stuff that they feed people who are sick is just totally appalling. Like, I, 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 this is the part, the schools and the hospitals, with the food that's in both of those places, like that's the thing that really gets me really, you know, motivated to try to make a change because, I mean, we're we're letting our kids grow up and eat this crappy food and, and you know, our sick are getting fed bad food and it's just too bad. Like it, we need more education on this. And it is an education issue, I think, because... Uh, nobody teaches us this. Nobody, it's in nobody's best interest to teach you that if you eat really good, healthy food, you will never need to take a pill because, unfortunately, people make money by selling pills, and that's the bottom line. Yes, we live in a free market society, and don't get me wrong, I love and I support a free market society. This is how we get things that we really want. But there are times where uh, marketing is really good, and we stop basically – critical thinking we used to call it common sense you know really right. thinking about what it is that that you're putting in you and you allow the distractions to get around you and everything else and it's just one excuse after another i know when when i ate my uh the conventional foods i just ate didn't matter if i was hungry i'd have a freezer full of, of fish and chicken and meats and because you know back in those days you know meat was really cheap it's still cheap now in the conventional section but you can go there and get the sales and really fill things up and you have enough food for at least a month, month and a half frozen. And then you just live your life that way. That's it. Have a nice day. Enjoy your the TV that's coming on, whatever TV show that is. And, you know, you don't even think about it. You just go to work the next day. You have your Groundhog Day. Just repeat everything over and over again. But okay. once you you start doing what you're recommending, your attitude completely changes about everything. And the, the way you work, the way you live, your relationship with people, uh, the relationship with your family, and you talked about education. Education, I think, is one of the the major benefits of the education that you're promoting is that it will help you become a better parent. And let me explain. First of all, I don't have any children. So this is just speculation on it. But when you have education and you teach your children how to eat correctly, they're not their chances of getting some sort of chronic illness or being diagnosed with ADHD, uh, that's going to drop significantly. Am I correct? Yeah, I totally agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what, I mean, I don't, uh, it's amazing to me that um, that our kids aren't being taught this kind of stuff. I just, I don't even know what to say about it. I just, it's kind of one of those things that just kind of floors me um, because I don't understand why we wouldn't want to, not only for their health, I mean to help them just be healthy individuals while they're growing up and getting older and stuff, but also why we wouldn't want to take that burden off uh, the healthcare system, really. <laughs> I mean, 
we're spending a lot of money we don't need to spend and and um, a lot of wasting a lot of time that doesn't need to be wasted and it's just a really weird frustrating situation yeah i believe there's a lot of distractions that's happened recently between the new health care mandates and uh, everything else that we see and we hear about that's related to health and food uh, we really don't know which way is up there's just so many things going on that we have to i think take it back to to the beginning and start education from scratch again. This is what the good foods are. This is what bad foods are. This is what they do. And give people a choice. Allow them to have the choice again of what they should be eating or what they want to eat. If they if they choose to go down a sugar diet again or eat complete meat, that's fine. The, the current market out there is going to support you. But if you want to be healthy then and you want to live especially if you have children, you want to see grandchildren, maybe your great-grandchildren, then there is a way to do so. Exactly. Yeah, and people should, and that's how it should be presented to people, too. That's perfect, like that people should be able to hear it just like that because that appeals to your common sense. That's what, that appeals to people's logic, right? Like who is going to say that they would rather, you know, do this other scenario? And even if they did, I mean, they'd probably do it while watching everybody else get healthier and think, oh, well, maybe there's something to this. <laughs> I don't know. No, I agree. It's, um, this show was made to pr- present information to people, not to force anything down their throats. We take a a point of a healthy lifestyle, and we know there are a lot of people out there that just like the lifestyle that they want. Fine. That's no problem. Whatever happens, happens. Some people can have a very unhealthy lifestyle and still lead a long life. We're not saying that this is going to cut your life down dramatically. We're just saying if you want to live a happier life, this is one way of doing it just by starting with the food. There are other areas to creating a happy life, but with food, I believe, and I'm sure you believe as well, that food is the biggest part of maintaining and starting a happier life. That's right. And, I mean, and it's not any more expensive. You know, you just change the kind of food that you're buying. And, I mean, for $0, you change your mentality and your body and your from the inside out, you know. Like, it's not... You're not paying for a magic pill or, um, you know, doing anything that's going to cost you a lot of money or waste a lot of time. It's, I mean, this is, you're just doing exactly what you're doing right now. You're just making different food choices. And one of the biggest things that I've noticed when I made my changeover from conventional to more organic, because a lot of people told me that, well, it's expensive shopping. And the first thing that I tell them is if you maintain your current lifestyle and you switch it over to different foods and just do the same thing, yes, it will be expensive. But once you start living that lifestyle, the the whole foods and the good foods itself, you're not eating as much. So you're not buying as much food as you used to. My freezer is basically empty. I basically have no frozen foods in there. My refrigerator, for the most part, is basically empty because I'm not eating as much as I would if I was on a regular conventional diet. There is no need for you to consume as much food because you're getting more energy out of the healthier foods. Yes, no, I totally, totally agree, 100%. So how can our listeners develop a plan to start improving their health? What are some of the things they need to take into consideration when creating a plan to shift their diet? Uh, well, I honestly think that just by making an effort to change, like I said, your, your perception of food from something that one lives to do to something that one does to live, I mean, that's incredibly helpful just in itself. 
um, you know, don't try and change everything at once uh, unless unless you can. Like, I mean, you did, and I actually did it that way as well. But I find for a lot of people um, that's, that becomes stressful. So, I mean, I guess just do it um, however is right for you. But if you can just substitute, you know, a couple of vegetarian meals a week and then try to cut out dairy or, you know, make small changes like that, um, it's really going to make a huge difference. And the other thing is to actively try to notice how that makes your body feel when you do that kind of stuff because if you're not noticing the change, then that's not as motivating, right? When you, uh, when you do make changes to your diet and you notice that you're thinking more clearly or you're staying up a little later or you're getting through the day without feeling sluggish, I mean, that's a giant motivator right there. So um, making the effort to become aware of how your body changes and how your mind changes after making these types of dietary shifts because it's really quite amazing and it's motivating and it motivates you to move further in that direction, I think. Well, you also said that when you were going through your time with IBS, your mind wasn't there. You wasn't thinking straight, correct? Right, totally. So, And then as soon as you changed over, you started seeing straight. Yes. Yes, it, I feel like I just kind of became, you know what it actually felt like? I felt like I all of a sudden was me again. Like I felt like I had been floating through nine years of just getting by, and then all of a sudden I was kind of just me again, and it was this totally amazing feeling. It was really cool. It's kind of like being alive, but you're not there. The lights are on, yeah, but nobody's just, home. Yeah, you're just going through the motions, right? Hey, we, we will call that zombies in today's, you know, epic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have you also have a monthly health book giveaway on your Facebook page. What are some of the uh, books that you'll be giving away, and how can our community members get a chance to to win a giveaway? Yeah, I do. Okay, so if you go to my Facebook page, which is um, Facebook uh, or Facebook sorry Facebook dot com slash happyhealthylife.org, org, um, there'll probably be a link on the website there, right? Uh, but if you go to the Facebook page and click on the giveaway tab, there's always a healthy book giveaway that I do. So you just follow the instructions to enter it. So um, for the month of October, the book that will be given away is The Starch Solution by Dr. John McDougall. Uh, November is The Blender Girl by Test Masters. And I think December is shaping up to be Kitchen Cures by Peggy Kotsopoulos. Um, but that's insider information because my page followers don't even know that yet. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll keep that a secret. Don't worry. No one's going to Yeah, right. <laughs> Nobody will know. <laughs> no one yeah. But, no, it's great because, I mean, I, I talk to each author, um, you know, individually, and they all agree to send a copy to the winner of each month, and that's kind of how it works. So it's kind of this way of, like I said before when we when we started this, like I'm, I'm huge into sharing information, and I think it's just so important to be able to um, – you know, get free information that's going to help change your life if that's what you're looking for. And so this is just part of that is just giving away um, books that have made a difference to me. And, I mean, I've read all three of these, and I've read all the ones that I've given away, and they're all great books. And if somebody can read one of these books and think, I'm going to change my diet because of this and I want to, you know, start to feel better, then that's amazing. That's what we're going for. So that's Facebook.com slash happy healthylife.org for you to go ahead and participate in the giveaway. So Jennifer, before we let you go, what is one thing you can share that our listeners can do right now that will make a big change in how they feel? Uh, Well, to make the decision to be the very best person they can be from the inside out, you know, to to treat yourself well and care for yourself like they would any 
other, only better. You know, I often say to people, you know, would you would you feed that um, soda you're drinking to your two-year-old? And they look at me and say, no, like you can't give, you know, soda to a two-year-old. And I say, well, why are you giving it to yourself? You know, like there's no special, why are you giving your two-year-old special treatment like that? Like you deserve that too, right? Like I don't know why people um, are okay with feeding their little kids healthy food because they know it's good for them and they know it helps them grow and repair and sleep well and then they're okay with, you know, not giving themselves the same kind of um, treatment. So treating yourself just really, really well like you would a two-year-old. And if you can come away with from listening, um, you know, to this with just one thing, it's just to be kind to yourself and your body and to start feeding yourself the fuel that you deserve and the fuel that will make you undeniably happy and healthy. Well, and I just want to add one thing that you were talking to talking about, and okay. correct me if I'm wrong, but we're not talking about uh, basically let's just say you have a Coke every once in a while. That's moderation. We're right. not talking about just giving up on things that you don't want to give up. If you want to have a candy, no. if you want to have a pastry product or whatever, in moderation, that's okay. But it's Absolutely. what we're talking about is when you constantly, every day, you go out instead of having a a good meal, you go out and you have something that's completely fried or completely covered in sugar or some other sort of candy or, as you described, dead food. You do that constantly, that's when you're going to start to see a negative change in your body. Right. Absolutely. And, so, and it happens so slowly sometimes that you don't even realize, you know, and I talk to a lot of people who don't, I say, well, how many glasses of water do you have a day? And they say none. And I said, well, and I say, you know, well, what do you drink? And, and they say, well, you know, Diet Coke. And I'm like, that's all you drink? And they're like, well, and coffee, you know, <laughs> and it's like, it's that kind of situation that, that um, will get you in trouble probably, or, you know, um, health-wise down the road there. Uh, I just... You know, I have my kids totally get cupcakes for their birthdays. Like, I have no problem with moderation. Like, a few chocolate-covered almonds now and then, like, absolutely. But it's when you are um, – that's most of your diet. That makes up most of your diet. That's when you're going to run into trouble, and it's easy to reverse. You just stop doing it and start, you know, eating and drinking things that are good for you. Yeah, we just try to talk about common-sense things. That's that's all yeah. it is. It's yeah. – and, well, awareness first, then common sense, because if we're not aware of it, then we can't apply common sense to it. We just totally. go completely. So where's the best place for people to reach you? <laughs> well, I always joke and tell people that my iPhone lives in my left hand. So my website is jenniferbrown.org. And Brown is with an E at the end, by the way. So jenniferbrown with an E at the end, dot org. Um, that's a good place, and I have contact information on that site for anyone who would like to chat. But I'm totally fine with giving out my personal um, email address also, and that is Jen Brown, and again, Brown with an E at the end, jenbrown.pc, like personal computer, at gmail.com. Um, and I mean, look for a happy, healthy gut in stores and online, and keep an eye out for vegetarian comfort foods, which will be released next summer. That is going to do it for this edition. I am your host, Carlos Cruz. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to having you download us again.